The NBA draft is just two days away and we're going to preview it all on this week's episode on Baller Island. We're going to talk about Victor Wembanyama. This is his night, his draft. We'll talk him, who we think is going to go second overall, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, some other first round names to keep an eye on, some late round gems to keep an eye out on as well, see where they land. We're going to talk about all that and much more. And of course, Bradley Beal traded to the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul headed to Washington, probably won't stay there. We'll talk about that and much more as well. So keep it locked. Got a lot of basketball talk coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. It's NBA draft time, folks, on the island. Jay Sahoda, Allahi. Usually one of our favorite times of the year, the NBA draft. And of course, I mean, at this rate, I think we all know who's going number one. I mean, at this rate, we've literally been calling it since the end of the NBA season, the Wemby Stakes. So this is basically Wemby's nights on Thursday night. We all know he's going to San Antonio unless the Spurs decide to shock the world and and not do that. Which which I, wouldn't it be funny though? Be honestly, honest to God, wouldn't it be funny as hell? What what if the Spurs just went out and took like some some next guy from like Europe at number one? Honestly, I just shook, dude, shook the world. When the Spurs won the lottery, 2% of me th- actually thought about that. Where I'm like, I 2% of me thinks the Spurs could actually not do it. And like, you know, it's just the Spurs. Nobody's going to like, you know, say anything. I was literally thinking about it the other day. I'm like, what if what if they just didn't take Wemby? And they just took someone like that. That would be one of the most like epic, wild, like trade. It, it, would, it would probably be the most wild first round pick of all time i think if the spurs didn't didn't but i think they i think i think almost everybody in the room knows that that's that that's where we're going with this and i think we all know that the one we said it to san antonio but anyways we'll dive into that <clears throat> big news came out of uh out of phoenix and washington this week with with bradley beal um going to phoenix cp3 on his way out which we kind of knew was going to happen knowing they kind of put him on the uh the waiver um, we didn't know whether he was actually going to dip or whether he was going to stay. Phoenix was going to keep him. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll kind of start with that. B, what do, what do you kind of make out of um, Bradley Beal going to Phoenix? Okay. I am all over the place with this one. Um, one, I've never been a Bradley Beal guy. I've never really liked Bradley Beal, right? Um, but even this, because Bradley Beal had a no-trade clause, he could basically say, no, I'm not waiving my trade clause for anybody except for Phoenix. You have to trade me to Phoenix. And Phoenix is like, we know Bradley Bill wants to come here. Here, we'll give you Chris Paul, who we basically cut, and Landry Shamit, and we'll give you a couple second-round picks. Not even a single first-round pick was in this deal. Um, and I'm not a, I'm not a Bradley Bill guy at all, but that is just like they just traded scraps for him. Like they gave up nothing for him. Yeah, so the trade basically went down. Bradley Beal to Phoenix in exchange for CP3, Landry Shamit, and a handful of second-round picks and some other pick swaps and stuff in there. So really, Phoenix only got... Yeah, really, they just got Bradley Beal and Washington just got a a handful of stuff. But I I can't really see CP staying in Washington. I think they're probably going to find a deal to send him elsewhere. It makes absolutely zero sense for him to be there. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked with this move. To be honest, I really thought that with Frank Vogel coming in 
and we talked about this last week or the week before when we're talking about the coaching hires. Frank Vogel is a defensive-minded coach. And I know CP does not really have what he used to have a few years back. But with his leadership and what he could bring defensively, he ain't bringing you much offensively anymore. But defensively would probably be a better fit when you're looking for a championship. Bradley Beal has been playing in Washington his whole career. This dude doesn't know a thing about a playoff game. Like, when was the last time you told me Bradley Beal had a big-time playoff moment? You know what I'm saying? Phoenix is trying to be championship contenders, and I don't know if this was the move. Bradley Beal, he's a good player. He's a good player. I'm kind of with you. I've never really been a Bradley Beal guy. I don't think he's bad. I honestly, I think, I think he's a great player. But I've, ne- I've, just, I've never really been like, you know, oh, a team needs to make a trade for Bradley Beal. They're going to be, that's going to take him over the top, right? Like, that's like, I don't really view him as, you know, a superstar. Like, I'd put him even below Jimmy, to be honest, right? Like, Jimmy, we put on like, on, like the. What? You know uh, there's what I'm some, the thing I don't like about Bradley Beal is for some reason, Bradley Beal has so many like hardcore fans that are like, just wait till he gets into a situation. Um, and then he'll be a winner. But I'm like, I mean, Bradley Beal had a good enough team in Washington. They were regular playoff teams with Washington, with prime John Wall and all those guys. Mm. Um, and I remember Kelly Olenek going bonkers on them in game seven. And you know what I mean? They just constantly underperformed then. He's just not a winning type of player to me. And now he's going to have the spotlight on him. So um, continue what you were saying. But I got a whole lot left in the clip on, on Bradley Beal. Yeah, no, no, basically the same. Like, I, I put him under that category. Like, he's a good player. I don't know if he's a great player. But now you're putting him in and saying, okay, I get it. People are saying, wait, wait till he gets in a good situation. How on earth do you think this is going to go when you have Book, who just wants the ball and drop 30, 40 points, KD, who just wants the ball and drops 30, 40 points, and guess what, Bradley Beal, he also wants the ball and wants to drop 30, 40 points. How in the, how in the hell... Do you expect this to work? This is almost identical to what we saw in Brooklyn with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. It was the same thing. We're like, how the hell is this going to work seeing these three together? I feel the same way about this one. I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't see this gelling. I can't see this working. And it's just, I, I don't know, man. And I don't know if this was the right move. And especially when I was genuinely really excited about the Frank Vogel hire. I thought that was the right move for what Phoenix already had, I didn't really feel like they, they needed some more depth off the bench. If anything, that's kind of what they needed. Otherwise, I kind of like where Phoenix was at already. And then obviously they just needed to properly acclimate KD into the picture. But I thought what they had was really good. Now it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know how I feel about the Phoenix side of thing. For the CP side of thing, um, I'll let you talk about, we can talk about that after. Let's stick to the Bradley Bill thing, move over to, um, where we think Chris Paul's going to go. But I'll, I'll let you cook for a bit on the, the Bradley Beal thing. My thing is, for everybody in the NBA, dude, like, I feel like anybody, like, a good chunk of players, you let them do whatever the hell they want on a bad team, they'll get you 30. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. Bradley Beal's career, right? So I feel like his numbers, all of that, are they don't matter at all to me. Like, I feel like you can get – you put – you know, whoever you want in that situation, and they'll get you 25, 30 a game. Now, like you said, was Phoenix's issue really another dude, another, you know, one kind of dimensional player that scores the ball, doesn't really play make, 
doesn't really play any defense like that. Like, mm-hmm. that was not their issue at all. Now you have um, – and mind you, we talked about Chris Paul always getting hurt. Brad, when was the last time Bradley Beal had a full healthy season too? Sure. Right? <clears throat> now, under the new, you know, CBA, you know how hard it is to keep all of these max guys. You have DeAndre Ayton, who's on a max. Still, we don't know if he's going to get moved or not. Kevin Durant, who's on a max, obviously. Bradley Beal's on a super max. Got to be a terrible contract. And then Devin Booker, also on a uh, – I can't remember. I think he's just on a regular max. Um, but the four of them, to be making that much money out of the new CBA, the rest of the, the, rest of the squad, who already had a really weak bench, is going to be footlocker employees playing on the bench because they have no money at all. They're going to have to yeah. pay a minimum wage um, yeah. to be paying them. And then the fact that they all – I mean, I feel like – Bradley Beal's like a poor man's Devin Booker. Like, they have the exact same game. They have no overlapping quantities, nothing, like, complementing each other, right? Kevin Durant's, like, kind of like the high-end version of that. All of them like to play in the mid-range, like to shoot the three, right? None of them are really slashers or get to the rim a ton. And to the Chris Paul point, I get Chris Paul, and I, I, I get how bad Chris Paul was at points and, like, how washed he was. But if I got two scores, I need a I need a point guard that's gonna set up my scores. They don't have a point guard at all. They don't have no point guard. They just brought in another dude who's gonna take away touches from Booker and KD. Like they, who's their point guard? They don't have like it's. You need somebody to distribute that ball. Devin Booker's not gonna play point guard for you. Oh, I hundred percent agree. I hundred percent agree, and that's why, that's what I was what I was trying to say where CP is, is in the point of his career where he's no longer going to get you like 20-plus points a game. But what he will do is, yeah, he is, he, he's always been, he's been amazing at setting things up. That's what Chris Paul does, and he's been doing that his entire career. And he's at the point in his career where obviously he's way later into it, but he can still do that at a very high level. He may not be able to give you, you know, 20, 30 points, but he'll be, he'll be able to set things up. I'm totally with you. And then obviously, like I talked about what he gives on the defensive side of the ball too. That's why I thought Vogel comes in. Now they got a, a better head coach. He's won a championship, gets in the building, you know, get, get KD some time to really get himself into things, get some depth on the bench and we're ready to go. Phoenix, I look at them as one of the top teams in the West. I think they have a good shot to come out of it next season. I really don't feel that way anymore either. I don't. I do, Bradley Beal is certainly not that does not have the experience Chris Paul does does not like and, and same thing with the injury thing I think you made a great point with that Chris Paul's problem was staying healthy that was it where we get used to it every time the playoffs come around I was like oh Chris Paul's getting hurt in game one game four whatever it is uh, Chris Paul's out with this and the same deal Bradley Beal it's the same thing he gets injured a lot too so I'm not really sure I think this was Phoenix's attempt at making a splash and we're just going to have to... It's the new owner. He's just trying to do everything. But um, KD's been constantly hurt the last couple of years, too. That's so very true. It, in the regular season, Bradley Beal at one point is going to get hurt. KD at one point is going to get hurt. And it's going to be Book and a bunch of YMCA dudes jockeying for playoff seating. You know what I mean? So they might just end up as a six seed because they weren't healthy all year. Taking for and the play-in, gotta, man. They're going to be the Clippers. You got to play a good team in the first round. Um, the move right now, 
100%, though, is trade DeAndre Ayton and break his salary up into multiple guys that you can get off the bench. Yeah. Um, that is the move. You trade DeAndre. I mean, my like the Bradley Beal trade, what they gave up was absolutely nothing. I'm just questioning the fit. You trade DeAndre Ayton. Let's see if you can go get um, – Malcolm Brogdon and Grant Williams, for example, right? That's two rotation guys right away. You've got your point yeah. guard, and there you go. Now you're, you know, five deep instead of four deep. Yeah, um, you got to break him in though into at least two or three pieces, and then you got a nice, nice roster, including a point guard. You got to get that from them. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point because, like you said too, right? They they obviously books books contracts going to be a joke got to pay KD and now you're going to have to pay Beal and then you know who else are you going to pay right they're not going to pay Aiden they've already shown that so yeah you got to move on from him and see what you can get in return I I do think they they need to do that but with Phoenix to my point before was that this is the problem they're going to turn in to what the Clippers are the Clippers if everybody had just stayed healthy they would have been a top three seed since the minute PG and and Kawhi signed they would have been they would have been a top three seed every season but because Paul George can't stay healthy, Kawhi can literally never stay healthy for the life of him. They always end up teetering between the five seed and the ten seed. It's like play in or like barely get in, and then it's like that's it. I think they've only reached the top four like once, and it was the four seed, and that was it. And then they blew that lead to Denver in the bubble. But since that, they haven't done anything. That's what Phoenix might end up being like. You're th- you're saying like, oh, they'll be but b- if something happens to KD and Beal, they'll be booking the YMCA dudes playing for the six seed. Nah, they'll be playing for the play-in. Like, it's not... The West The West is, is fairly competitive, man. Like, it's not like it's a... You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I, I don't know how, how I feel about this, but we're going to have to see how, how this works. But I just think that Phoenix was actually better off where they were, and I don't know if this is... If this is going to be the move for them to, you know, to, to kind of put themselves in a, in a spot to be competing for a championship next year. I don't know if this was the move to do, but only time will tell, and then we'll see. Maybe Bradley Beal, you know, proves us all wrong. No idea, but we'll find out next season. Um, let's move over, move over to the draft. Actually, before that, back to the Chris Paul point. Um, I don't know where he ends up, though. I'm curious to see where he ends up, because, I, again, I do not think he stays in Washington, because there's just there's no objective of that happening. But where he ends up going, that could be interesting. I'm thinking... Mm-hmm. Most likely LA. I'm thinking most likely that for the, like to, to the Who? Lakers, Chris Paul. The Lakers. Most likely, I gotta feel like okay. it, if he's I, going I was, anywhere. I was gonna say LA too, but I was thinking the Clippers, and then my second team would have been the Lakers. Clippers um, could be too. Yep, could I, be. I was thinking one of those two teams, and honestly, um, this is like a little add-on, but we saw Draymond like he declined. He's a free agent this year. Mm, yep, and saw they that. just saw. Him and LeBron chilling in France. And Draymond's been all like Draymond has a man crush on LeBron. So if Draymond I I I see a world where Chris Paul and Draymond end up on the Lakers. Oh my god, that'll be an infuriating thing. <laughs> that that would that would be something. Yeah, that that would be that'd be something a little interesting there. If if you I just I just think that, you know, Chris Paul's available. You know, and it's funny, we were talking about it last year where we're like, LeBron's looking at himself, looking at his career, and he's like, who's left? Chris Paul's left, right? I could see, I could 100% see a world where they end up teaming up. 
and he ends up being on the on the Lakers for a little bit to try and elevate them back to a top team in the West. So at the end of the day, they they were in the Western Conference Finals. So I don't know. It'll be very interesting so to see where he smart, goes. I mean, Chris Paul, LeBron, and Draymond. That's Jeez. like the smartest team you'll ever play against, right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Those. I mean, the those team meetings would be insane, absolutely insane. But we'll see where he ends up. But I, I think he's gonna end up going to a contender like that. And I've been saying for really the minute that I saw that he was gonna get waived, even before the trade, I'm like, I feel like LA is probably gonna end up being his next landing spot. But we'll find out. And you're right, maybe a reunion with the Clippers is in store. We'll we'll end up seeing what happens there. All right, now let's go over to the to the mock draft. I, I gotta I gotta be honest, man. I this isn't a very this is not the most sexiest draft class when you look at it as the ones we've seen in the, in the, over the past few years. Um, there's a whole lot of dudes coming from the G League. A lot coming out of there. Like, there was a handful of them um, that I don't, I don't know about half these dudes. I know literally two of them, and that's about it. You probably know more than I will. Um, so I'll let you kind of talk more about some of these, some of these prospects because um, I'm going to be honest. A few of these college dudes I, I, I know, but for the most part, there's a lot of names on here that I'm fairly unfamiliar yeah, with. It's honestly, it's a draft you got to do, like, you got to, like, Your home Because they got, honestly, five out of the top six guys are, like, weren't playing Division One. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Scoot. I mean, Scoot's been pretty well-known the whole yeah. year, even though he was in the G League. And then the Thompson Twins – we're in overtime elite. So like, that's the first time overtime elites had um, top five guys. Wembenyana being in France, even though, I mean, everybody knows what Wembenyana is about. Um, then there's, I mean, I got a, I got a little something for you later when we get to that, but um, let's start. I mean, it's obvious to start with Wembenyana, but like, I feel like honestly, everybody I talked to is 50, 50 on it. Um, whether he's going to be a bust and like get hurt or, you know, whether he's actually, because I mean, the hype is unreal. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, hype yeah. is unreal. We're talking day one. Is he going to come in and be like a top 25 guy day one in the league? Um, I mean, his skill set is ridiculous. I, I think baseline, like day one, he's going to be like Porzingis at the least. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And Porzingis is a real solid dude. You know what I'm saying? And that's day one. The hope for him, for me, is just like, you just don't get hurt, obviously. Um, he's got like his own medical team. I don't know if you've seen this, but no, he's got his own medical team and like, they've been training his feet and his knees and his ankles and all of that stuff since he was like 16, this medical team and every pro team he's gone, that medical team's traveled with him. Like he doesn't go to the team doctors or anything. So when he goes to San Antonio, his guys that have been dealing with his feet and everything are going to be the ones dealing with him, which I actually love. I love to see, um, that he's been taking care of his feet from a young age. Cause that's like kind of your only hope. You know what I mean? Facts. Um, so he's done everything he can to be preventive, but I mean, sometimes you don't get to decide those things. Exactly. I don't, I don't think that the, I mean, if anything, if anything kind of takes down his career, it, it will probably end up being injuries. I mean, dude's a big guy and for what he does, he could do a lot of things. Right. And we have seen, for years, right? We, we've seen a lot of big guys go first overall and things don't pan out. And a lot of it is to do with injuries. And I two come to mind and 
Wembenyana is way more talented than the two of them in so many mm-hmm. ways. Although, when one of them came out, we thought he was going to be the next great thing. And that's Zion Williamson. We thought this dude was going to be the next great thing in the NBA. And his career has turned out everything but. And he's been in the news for everything but. And we're not even going to get into that. But um, the other one. And the other one I was thinking of is um, Greg Oden. But he was a yeah. much, 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 much different skill set than Wemby. Very different. Greg Oden was your traditional center getting boards. on the, But Greg Oden, like a lot of people thought he was going to be the next big, big, right? The next best big in the NBA. That never got started due to injury. So we've seen big, bigs get drafted early, specifically at the number one pick, not go well. I don't think I don't think that's the case with Wemby. I do think this guy is going to be a star. I think he's going to come and do some. I don't think he's going to come in day one and go crazy and drop 20, 30 points. But I think you will 100% see highlight real plays almost every night. Like he will have those days. But I feel like as time goes on, teams will end up figuring out how to defend the Spurs because the Spurs don't really have anybody else on it, right? This this team is like like literally nothing, right? Wemby is the best thing that's end up going to be in this in this lineup. So you're going to end up figuring people are just going to end up trying to hack him at some point because he's so huge that I don't see any like he's going to end up being one of those dudes. He's going to sit under the rim and he's going to dunk on you, right? The only way you really got to stop him is hacking him. But I'm sure some team will eventually come about and be like, this is how we got to stop him. This is how we got to slow him down. But I do think he'll be all right. And most importantly, B, this is why we've been saying the whole freaking time why he got drafted to the Spurs and why this is a good why this is a good fit for him. If Wemby gets drafted by Charlotte number one, I would say, yeah, there there is a very real chance that that Wemby does not perform well or like he does not he's not used properly or things go downhill he gets drafted by houston potentially the same thing he gets drafted by detroit same thing dude got drafted by greg popovich that's why i think he'll be all right because even if things don't go downhill or things go downhill at some point and he doesn't perform up to his uh, up to par and he gets off to a bit of a sluggish start he still got the greatest mind in the game as his head coach He's going to pick up on some things that he would not learn in Charlotte or Houston or Detroit or Orlando or some of these other places. He's got Pop on his side, man. Pop has coached some of the greats in the world. Wemby will be all right. I mean, I think the world's about to find out how good some of the dudes, like some of the young guys the Spurs have are actually pretty good. Um, With Keldon Johnson, who's been averaging 20 a game, I feel like, for two years maybe. Devin Vassell's a young. He's pretty good. Trey Jones. They got some young pieces over there. Um, but the thing, like, I mean, the, the big thing, even, like, Embiid was hurt early on, right? True. Yeah, that's um, another one. Bill Walton's career got shut down by injuries. All these bigs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, to me, is, like, one is those guys are all, all heavy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. When Vignana's, like, 210. So, like, the the weight on his you know his knees and his feet it's not the same thing as Zion jumping 40 True. inches in the yeah. air at 290 and landing on that foot True. Um, then the second part is is Wembyan is like like a small forward you know what i mean he's mm-hmm. he's a center but he plays like a small forward he's on the perimeter he's doing things like like Porzingis or like KD 
like, you know, they're not taking as many hits as they would be if they're backing people down for 48 minutes a game. Um, and then the second thing is, I mean, right away, I think he'll average 20 in his first year, to be honest with you. I think he's going to average 20 at least. Um, I can't see more than like 23, but like somewhere in between that. But at the very least, he's going to be impacting everything on the other side of the floor. Anytime somebody goes up, he's probably going to average three blocks a game and they're going to be thinking about him every time he goes up. So at the very least, take out his offense, him just standing in the key. I mean, that's going to win San Antonio games. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. He can do so many. I think you made a good point, and that's how I was kind of get, get going to get to that as well um, with some of these bigger dudes that I was talking about and that you were talking about too. Yeah, they're, they were more heavy centers, right? They were much more – they played center a much different way than Wemby does. This dude's skill set fits more like, you know, Luka vibes, right? Where, like, Luka's huge, but, like, he could play point guard, shooting guard, center, forward. Like, you could put him anywhere. Wemby's kind of like that. Where, like, he could he, – he's basically doesn't have a position. Like, sure, you could put it's center KD, on It's man. It's a, it's a taller KD. Katie's another one, right? LeBron's another one. Like he's, he, there's those players where like they could play anything. Wemby could very well end up being that and just play anything. Another one that we didn't name is um, and we were talking about it earlier, DeAndre Ayton, right? He was another first overall pick that got off to kind of a sluggish start and also had dealt with a lot of injury problems as well, right? Only till recently did he really kind of get some time to shine. So that's another one. But I, I do, I do think he'll be all right, and it'll be interesting to see how year one with the Spurs goes. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I've heard a lot of good things about Scoot as well. I've seen some of his highlights. Dude looks insane. So I, I can't see why he doesn't go too. but then after kind of a crapshoot after that, like it's, it's really just, there's a lot of dudes out there. Um, that so could Scoot's, end up being picked. You got Scoot at two. I think, I, mean, I think you'll like, go too. At the start of the year, it was, it was very clear. Scoot was two. Um, but I think over the course of the year, it's been, I think right now it's probably like 50, 50 between Scoot and Brandon Miller. Mm. And I'm kind of like, I mean, it all depends who gets into these spots because Portland has been in every rumor possible trying to trade the three, right? Charlotte has been, you know, thinking about Brandon Miller, um, because they got mellow at the, at the one. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, People were saying Scoot was is an easy number one overall pick if Victor Wembanyama is not in this draft. This was like at the start mm-hmm. of the year. Now it's not looking like that. Um, but I don't know. I've seen a lot of these recently. I mean, like a lot of. I mean, Scoot's built like a linebacker basically at playing point guard, and he's explosive. He's like, yes. I, mean, I swear, I swear, we've I've made a comparison to. Westbrook like every single draft for the last four years right last year was Jaden Ivey the year before that it was um or two years before that it was job you know I, I mm-hmm. feel like I've made a, a Russell Westbrook comparison to every single one of these I may might have even compared Jalen Suggs to him too but this is like it's right there too so I don't know I'm kind of like I'm kind of over these like uber athletic guys you know what I'm saying it's yeah everybody's uber athletic you know what I mean? It's not Jalen Green who is uber athletic, and everybody jawed over Jalen Green. But that was, I was not down with Jalen Green at all, um, and I still don't think Jalen Green's like a superstar like that at all, right? Or going to be. Um, Brandon Miller to me, I think I I've, I'm leaning that way at two, 
even though he had a super inconsistent um, March. Mm-hmm. But I just think like you're six nine, first of all, right? If it's between a six two and a six nine guy, I I kind of lean to the six nine guy. I feel like Brandon Miller's way more polished, way more polished offensively. He can get any shot he wants. Um, he's got way more of a like a bag. Like he can get the, to the three. He's six nine. He can use his body to get inside. And at six nine already, I mean, this is kind of a wings league. You're already going to be guarding, um, you know, players at six two. You can. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. You might have trouble guarding people. Um, so I'm kind of leading Brandon Miller on that. And I know it's he's inconsistent, whatever. He's 18 years old. Who isn't inconsistent at 18? Mm. Um, but I just kind of like his upside a little bit. I honestly, I could see a world where Charlotte goes in the in the direction of Brandon Miller. I can see that. Um, I just, I just think Scooch just like I like you kind of said, dude's just an absolute freak. But you make a good point though. Yeah, Brandon Miller is a lot more put together um, as a player. And both on offense and defense, he's an absolute menace as well. But yeah, offensively, he can he can shoot the three, he can get inside, um, good on the boards. Obviously, he has the length. That's like you said, six nine. So he has a lot. I'm with you. But the thing is, I've said it all March, man. The inconsistencies, I that 100, percent I agree. The inconsistencies were there. He didn't really have like that game where like I kind of looked at him. I'm like, damn. Like I heard a lot of hype around him. I never really saw it in a game, if I'm being honest. I think the potential is there. The potential is 100% there. There's a reason why he's going to get picked so high. I, I just never really saw it. And that, that might also just be to the fact where I never really saw it in Alabama as a team all year. And knowing that, okay, who's, the, who's one of their best players? Brandon Miller. And I just I never really saw it from him throughout the year either. But do I think his potential in the NBA could be a whole lot higher. His ceiling is fairly high. For the athlete he is, how good he is on both sides of the ball, it's there. So I could, I could 100% see a world where Brandon Miller goes too as well. I think it, it could honestly be a toss-up. Um, I think Scoot goes too, but you also make a, val- a valid point that Scoot is technically a point guard and they already got Melo. So you do make a good point with that where they might end up going Brandon Miller. Maybe they might go someone else and, and, and uh, surprise some people, but I can see a world where, where I, Miller ends up going to. I think, um, I mean, I don't really like drafting for need, especially when you're trash. But you kind of don't want two non-shooting guards as your future. You know what I mean? Mello and Scoot, none of them, like, I mean, as your, two, as your backcourt for the future and none of them have a shot, that is that has issues to me. Um, but Brandon Miller's, like, ceiling to me, I kind of said, you know, Westbrook for Scoot, I think that's a little bit easy. But for Brandon Miller, um, I got like Paul George. Mm. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, like you said, like that's where his ceiling could potentially be. So I don't know. We'll we'll kind of see with that. Um, in terms of in terms of like the rest of the first round, I mean, I, I again, I'm not gonna lie, I don't. Like, there's a lot of guys in here where I'm like, I've never heard of in my life, including a lot of college guys. If anything, 
in round two. I say I know I see a lot more names that I'm used to. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot more yeah. college guys. Yeah, like there's a lot more names, right? You got uh, Trace Jackson Davis's name, Jaime Hawkes, Marcus Sasser. I think those um, two might sneak into the first, to be honest. With they you. could. They very well could. Jalen Wilson, Julian Strother, uh Keontae Johnson. There's there's a handful. And there's one name in there that I kind of I realized I was way up there. And this is a name that you were talking up huge two years ago until things kind of spiraled out of control for him in college. And that's Imani Bates. Yeah, no, I've been, I've kind of been off him since he got to college. Yeah. Um, but he was the number one high school player. And then he went to go play mm-hmm. for his dad. I'm mean, sorry. He went to go play for Memphis. He didn't crack the rotation at Memphis. Then went to go play for his dad at Eastern Michigan. Um, but that, I mean, he's only on the draft board because of how good he was in high school. Like he was six ten. He was Kevin Durant in high school. Um, yeah. So I mean, in the second round, why not take a flyer on a dude like that? Um, but I, I got I got a little bit of stuff all over the place here. Um, the Thompson twins. I think Amen Thompson is actually very good. I mean, it's hard to judge because they're playing against overtime. Like, what the hell is the overtime elite? I've never but, heard of that in my life. Um. So it's hard to judge who the hell they're playing against. But Amen Thompson is six seven, and he's base. He's a point guard. Like he's some of the passes he was having. I mean, you can say who else you're playing against. So maybe his finishes. Maybe that's not happening in the NBA. But the vision is always going to be there. So I'm pretty sold on him as a six seven guard um, with some like some serious IQ and skills. I kind of like that. Um, going down the list a little bit. I mean, I think. I don't know how you feel about Grady Dick, but I feel like two guys from college, Grady Dick and Jordan Walsh later on in the, in the, in the draft, mm-hmm. in the second round, I think Jordan Walsh. I think those two dudes are going to find a way to be in the rotation. Somehow, somewhere, those two dudes are going to find a way. Yeah. Grady Dick's a straight-up winner, um, and so is Jordan Walsh. Like Jordan Walsh is a typical NBA 3-and-D, grinded-out kind of guy. There's no way that dude's not going to find it in the league somehow. That's a great call. I could see I could see a world where both of them, um, similar to how we kind of saw in um in in the playoffs this year, I think Christian Christian Brown, like we talked about last week, is a prime example of that. Rookie coming off the bench championship team just brings that energy off the bench. Um, and we saw quite a few other ones right throughout throughout the playoffs as well. I could totally see that. I could totally see um Jordan Walsh coming off the bench for like Golden State. You know what I'm saying? Being like a, a replacement off the bench and like being big time for them in the playoffs. Grady Dick's another one. I definitely could see a world. Um where Grady he Dick's drafted pretty high um in the in the thing. Yeah. Like some of the other guys like Hawkes should be around. Amari Bailey, I don't I don't think has you know, anything really yeah. going crazy over there. Um but on the uh in the first round, I think I mean, Jackson Davis could be a rotation guy. Yeah. And then I got, I got my, um, I got my sleep. So like the Arkansas kids that I kept talking about, um, all year, they're not. I don't think they got. I mean, they're drafted both in the lottery, but I don't think they're gonna be legit NBA guys. To be honest with you, um, they're just too. I don't, I don't really see anything they got. Um, but here, here's my, here's my two ones I really want to talk about. Hmm. Um, so Leonard Miller from Canada, I got to see him play at Orangeville a little bit. Um, he's not bad. He's got like, he's, uh, he went to the G league last year. He's six ten, 
I don't really know what his role is or anything like that um, in the NBA, but lefty, 6'10", kind of looking like um, like Al Harrington or something. That would be my player in college. <laughs> um, kind of a big, can shoot it a little bit. Um, and then here's the real – this is, like, honestly my favorite player in the draft, and it's not because of his name, um, but Bilal Kalabi. And I got <laughs> – I got – into researching him obviously because of his name right and this is when oh this guy with your name might get drafted yeah bros shot up the boards like he now i'm hearing you know first round for sure then i'm hearing lottery for sure now i'm even hearing in the like top 10 um so he's shooting up like crazy right now and i got to watch some of um because he was on the same team as Wembenyana. So I got to watch some of their uh, playoff run, and he's 6'8", with a 7'2 wingspan, um, and he was 18 years old. And you know, like those European teams, like, you know how they run the point guard, right? Like, yep. they, they got one point guard who's been there for 35 years, and he knows all the plays and everything, right? But this yep. dude was 18 years old, 6'8", with a 7'2 wingspan, basically running a lot of point, um, running a lot of point, and he's diamond. He's super athletic, super long. Like, he literally looks like Giannis fresh out the draft. You know when Giannis was, like, damn tall and skinny? Like, you yep. didn't really know what he was. He's, like, yep. tall and skinny like that, but way more explosive and way more, way more of a feel for the game. Like, his passing is amazing. Like, you got to go check out this dude because he can get up. Like, he's <laughs> athletic. And right away, I, I mean, like, I'm thinking – He's going to be in the, in the mix for your raps, to be honest. That's a typical Raptors pick. But right True. away, he's going to be elite defensively with that wingspan. And he's like, he's a dog on defense. So that is my guy. I'm not just saying it because of the name. But, like, that's he's, he's that. He's good, man. I'm, I'm really excited for him, to be honest. If the raps take him at 13, you cop in a jersey? Yeah, but I'm going to get below on the back instead. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check out this guy. And it's funny that you that you brought that up because even earlier when I was draft, I noticed that name and I'm like, oh, like this, this guy's definitely gonna bring him up on the pod for sure. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check on um, check up his highlights for sure. A few names that I kind of wanna kind of wanna roll off here, and obviously this is more so from what I saw this year in college. Um, the UConn guys, obviously, obviously winning the national title and they were just, they played so freaking well together. Like they were just a machine. Like there's a reason why they kicked everybody's ass and they ended up winning the whole thing. Jordan Hawkins, they got him at 15. I was really impressed with this dude. Really gritty. He can shoot well, um, saw the floor. Well, yeah, right. You find this guy out on the wing. He's gonna, he's gonna knock down some shots for you. Um, Jordan Hawkins definitely a guy. To, he reminds uh, me of his player comp is like Jordan Clarkson, a little you know bit. I mean? Yeah, gonna, I can see it. He's gonna he would come off the bench and just like he just just light it up for a little bit. That's that's his role. Yep, yep. No, I can I can see that. Um, Andre Jackson's another one later on. I thought he was phenomenal running the point for UConn. Um, another guy, super fast, really gritty. Um, really can get it. He's scrappy. Like he's one of the guys that will like kind of just you know grind it out kind of guy. Um, he's definitely one later in the round, and then obviously got Sonogo. I mean, dude's just an absolute beast inside. Um, so that's another one. So definitely looking out for the Yukon guys. 
Um, but a few others in the second round, obviously we talked about Trace Jackson Davis, a hundred percent. I see him being a rotation guy coming off the bench. He's lengthy, can do a lot for you in the paint. Um, a lot of threat. Yeah. He, he has a lot of potential to be a, a really good paint player and a good big in the league. Um, Jaime Haka is another one. Again, I'm kind of shocked they got him in the one in the second round. Like I'm with you. I'm not going to be surprised if he jumps into between 20 and 30 in the first round. Dude was amazing at UCLA. He's very, almost what I, what, oh yeah, he's 100% a bucket, but he's more of a finesse player. Like when you got him in the paint, like he's not like one of the physical guys that's going to go up there and like dunk on you, but like he will find a way to, you know, get around you. Very, very great player. Um, he's another one. And then one other guy that I don't think a lot of people were going to talk about um, and he's projected way late in the second round, but I feel like this could be a a late round gem for someone way later in the draft. Jalen Pickett from Penn State. I it did not take me long to fall in love with this dude, and I only watched like three three four Penn State games in March. Honestly, I didn't really know much about the squad until they started picking up in the Big Ten tourney, and that's when I started watching them. And then you know they played two really tough games in in the tournament as well. Jalen Pickett's a dog, man. This dude was just so gritty, fought so hard. He's dropping 25, 30 points a game for Penn State. Dude is something, and I don't know who's going to take him, and I don't know who's going to, but we talked about a guy coming off the bench for a for a contender. Jalen Pickett had, had a lot of that in him, man. He can fight. That dude is a fighter. He's quick, and they had him as a point guard, but... Duke can shoot it too, but you want a guy that's going to come off the bench almost. I think, I honestly think he's actually a little bit better, but he kind of reminds me a bit of a Javon Carter type player. Like Javon Carter. Hey, same that, those dudes always find a way into the league, man. That's what, that's what I'm saying, right? And, and I, I really like Javon Carter when he was at West Virginia. Same thing. He was just a, a tough nose point guard. And I see mm-hmm. that in Jalen Pickett. So I'd keep it, I, I would keep his name out there as a, as a late round gem. Um, to keep an eye out there for that. But I, again, some of the other dudes that, that you talked about as well, I think Jordan Walsh, same thing. I think someone's going to pick him. He's going to be big time off the bench. Um, Keontae Johnson's another, you know, potential one. I, you know, he I mean, he's really, got all the athletic tools. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. He really found a way to kind of revive his his college career at, at K-State. Um, so that's another one. So there there are a few gems in this draft class. Like like I said before, it's not the most, it's not, it's not the draft yeah, class that's gonna, you know, you know, really, really get you going when you look at it. But no. there's definitely a few guys looking at it um, that that could be big time. And I honestly see more late round gems than I do in the yeah. in the in the first round. And it's crazy when I look at it. And I, I was saying this for like all of February and March. Um, you got Jed Howard and um, the other Michigan, Kobe Buffkin going in the first round for Michigan. I cannot believe this team did not make the NCAA tournament. Honestly. Buffkin, what do you think about Jet Howard, though? He's not bad. Like, I did, here's the thing. By the I time mean, I... He can shoot it. He can shoot it. Yeah, and he's, he's like, a big guy, too. Yeah. Um, and, like, people are questioning, like, obviously, like, dude, he's a freshman. Six, eight, like, dudes, like, no, hardly any freshmen are going to come and be in lockdown defense. So, like... Honestly, in today's day, who plays defense anyways? Like yeah. that, like that should not be an issue to not draft a guy in the twenties. 
Do you know what I'm saying? If I'm yep. drafting in somebody in the top five, I should be, oh, my God, what happens if this guy can't play defense? But if I'm drafting somebody in the 20s, I mean, we, we just saw Duncan Robinson play minutes in the finals. You're telling me he can't be in a role like that? The, I, I do. I think he can. Like, his ceiling's there. And that's, that's what I was about to say before is that by the time I started watching more Michigan basketball throughout the year, Jet Howard got hurt. And I didn't really get a chance to properly watch him play like with Michigan but as far as everything that I've heard and the little bit that I have seen him I think the ceiling's there dude has a lot of potential but I think again same thing with you he's not gonna you know especially being a freshman that he is not having a lot of experience in Michigan because he was hurt for a bit of the year right he's not gonna come in right away and be that guy he's gonna need some time to kind of get into things um and we'll see but I think his ceiling is fairly high but the point that I was making is I cannot believe that Michigan team did not make the tournament. You got Buffkin, Howard, Eli Brooks, Hunter Dickinson. I, oh, my God. But Hunter Dickinson going to Kansas, though, that's going to be something fun to watch next season. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I cannot believe that Michigan team did not did not get in the tournament. But, um, but yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking we'll see. of uh, uh, Kansas, though, Jalen Wilson mm. – um, I feel like why, why can't he be in a rotation somewhere? He's sliding in the second round. Very well could. Marcus Sasser. Sasser like, yeah, just about to bring that up. Here's the thing with me on Sasser, though. I feel like everybody knows what Sasser is already. Yeah. And, like, he's not he's not going to be – that's not going to be his role in the NBA, to score 30. You know what I mean? He's no. not going to have the offense run through him at all. Um, so, like, his ceiling might be, like, a Lou Will kind of guy. You have the second unit to yourself go cook. Um, yep. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of these guys, like, um, like I feel like, you know, there's from like, I mean, they, people just like love freshmen. Like, I swear, the first fifteen picks are all eighteen years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, I I can't stand because you're really telling me, like, Jalen Wilson, who's was in college two years more, is worse than some of these guys by that much. Like, no, right? Um. Chris Murray, I feel like if he's in the right situation, like I, I'm, not, I'm not talking superstar for any of these guys, but like Chris Murray can contribute day one, I think, on a team um, because he's like seasoned a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas a guy like, you know, Nick Smith, the Arkansas dude, who's a freshman, he might not, he's not going to contribute right away and he might never even pan out. As a, as a as a lottery guy and a guy that you wanted in the lottery, so I don't know, man. I, I I this is the thing I hate about the draft is like freshmen are ranked so so high when the dudes that are old are like a year or two older. Like, come on, they're telling me a twenty two year old or a twenty year old doesn't have potential, but an eighteen year old does. It makes no sense to me. It 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 doesn't make sense. And in this day and age, man, I mean, it's it's been a debate for years now. Like. People just jump on freshmen right away, and they don't but look they, it. They, they, a dude is going to have a uh, a career for 15 years if they're good. Like that's mm-hmm. more like if you're 20 and you got drafted as a as a junior, you know what I mean? Yep. You're gonna play. You're still gonna hit your prime in eight years. Like that's still so long from now. So I don't know. It's like nobody. I mean, like Sasser, you kind of know what he is at this point, and I can see that. Like, no, it's not going to translate to the NBA. But for some of these guys, it's like, like you don't even like you know. It's just like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then I'll just go rolling back to your Marcus Sasser point. Uh, 
I kind of see maybe even more of like a Kyle Lowry kind of vibe for, for Marcus Sasser, to be honest. But I, I do think, but not really good meshing into a starter. But then again, it took Kyle Lowry some time to really get into a start. Like he didn't really begin as a start until he went to Toronto. Um, but yeah, I see more of Marcus Sasser being a guy yeah, coming off the bench, rolling with the twos type thing. But I, I could see possibly a Kyle Lowry player comp there. Um, but we'll see. But he, he he's another one, like I talked about, just a, a very fast, gritty point guard. So yeah, that's definitely another name to kind of look out for as well. But but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens Thursday, man. Should There's be a lot a- of defensive guys in this draft. Yes, I'm not about yes. looking at it big picture, which yeah. is kind of cool. But it means like you're. I mean, you're in the draft to draft your franchise guy. You know what I mean? How many franchise guys are in this draft? Max four. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. So I feel like a- after those four, you have a pretty good shot whether you're drafting at seven or forty-four who it's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be the same guy. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a weird It's a weird draft class, but I definitely, like I said, I definitely see um, a lot of guys that could be taken late that will end up going to be big hits off the bench for some of these teams. But, but I don't know, man. We should see. Thursday should be interesting, and then we'll obviously recap some of the picks next week and, you know, talk about who, who will be a good fit. Um who will be a good fit in what spot and obviously so on and so forth there. And obviously the, the trades that might go down on Thursday night too. Mm. We'll see if anything crazy kind of goes down there. Be final thoughts. Google me, man. Google me right now. Um, dude, I, that's my, that's my guy, man. I, I thought like, you know, he's going to get faulted out, but that's my guy. Google me. I kind of, I kind of hope the raps kind of take him now. Honestly, like I, I feel like that, that would be one, obviously funny just for the content, but two, obviously, like if, if he's as good as you're saying, that totally seems like a Maasai kind of pick. At yeah, 13. like that. You know, like it could be Kabokalo, it could be Giannis. You know, like yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think Masai's low key been kind of just waiting to get that that one dude who ends up being that Giannis, and it's just it has not worked so far. So. It'll be interesting to see what they do as well. But we'll see what happens Thursday. NBA draft Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time. We'll see what happens then. We'll recap it next week. Of course, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Enjoy the draft on Thursday, folks, and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.